Welcome to So What Else. My name is Caitlin Elliott and I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories, the big important things they've been through, and also the random stuff. We're going to talk about it all here. This podcast is just me talking with fascinating people so that we can all hear what they have to share with the world. So what else? All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to So What Else. I'm Caitlin, and I'm here with one of my best friends, Kate. Hey. So this is Kate Garcia, which I feel the need to say your last name just because I feel like everyone in our age group is named some variation of Kate, Caitlin, Catherine. Yes. I have like so many friends. And do you know any babies named Kate? No. No, like the name is gone. I it, But like everyone our age has some Kate. Yes. Kate. And it has died out. It totally. is. Totally. Yes. I and think I'm it's Catherine. I'm not even Kate. Yes. I can't stand Catherine and oh, for me personally. Yeah, and yeah. So I was like Katie growing up and now it's like morphed into Kate. And like, that's like, if anyone calls me Catherine, I don't answer. Well, that's what I was just going to say is that like people who knew you as a child definitely call you Katie. You were never Katie to me. Well, we also met like 10 times in life before we finally decided to like cling to each other and and not let go. But it was like <laughs> our lives passed through each other like a million times, which we'll get to in a second. But I just wanted to say before we really dug in that at 8 a.m. this morning, I got a text from Kate saying, wait, it, this is just a voice recording, right? Which <laughs> if I had my way, it would be. But last night, of course, Scott, my husband is like, um, so I read this article and like, we're going to uh, record the video along with the audio. And I was like, oh, you don't understand. Like for two, like work from home moms of young children, that is what a task that is. To yeah. have to be <laughs> video ready. Goals were shower, totally. somewhat clean clothes and makeup. Like that I was, was like, Scott, we're going to have to rearrange our whole day, yes. like to make sure. So did you wash your hair? I did wash my hair this morning and then I like got dressed, but then of course I got like half the dinner on my outfit. Of course. So then I had to get dressed again because we're doing this like at eight o'clock at night. Totally. So I had to do like round two of things. So uh, no, I, I get probably it. would have been better to do it at like seven, you know. I didn't wash my hair. So this is day like 700 of dry shampoo. So sorry, everyone. And oh, then God. I put on like a little makeup and then I came down and I, Scott put this light behind the, the computer and I was like, Oh, holy. I like had to go back upstairs and like reapply. Cause I was like, this is not, this isn't functioning well, but I put on my airy sweatshirt that like is slightly dressy. I know that you're a fan of the dressy sweatshirt as well. I am such a fan of the dressy sweatshirt. There's like levels of sweatshirts. And I think oh. if you can get away with a dressy sweatshirt. It's like perfect. hundred percent. Like I'll wear this to work for sure. Yes. And now but in I'm the days of like virtual, you only have to be dressed from like here up. Absolutely. So it's like I have on my semi cute sweatshirt and I'm wearing my like I have no more self respect sweatpants right now but I'm like whatever it's like, guess what. Yes, everyone can deal, you know, yeah. sometimes you're walking and then like you catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I've been walking around like this but it's like, we're recording this in times of COVID and yeah. let me tell you things have fallen far, far, far away. Yes, when we actually have to like brace the public or enter, re-enter the public. It's oh my gosh. It's terrifying. Totally. But I love that now, okay, well, I shouldn't say I love wearing a mask, but I do love that if I go to the store 
in like a baseball hat and a mask, I am like, there's no one going to know that it's me. Like if I see someone I know, they're not going to know. So I genuinely do not care anymore. Yes, exactly. Because you don't have to, because only like your eyes are seen. Exactly. And especially if it's cold, I wore like my winter, like jacket the other day with like a fur hood and I was like oh, yeah they can't see any of me this is yeah. fabulous this is amazing like no one would ever know who I am it really is very freeing yes very but also probably not helping my like need to like get out into the world and oh. I'm like you know hold up in myself absolutely it definitely is like it stresses me out like if when it's like okay like I actually have to go out like because you know I'm I teach and so we've been in school on Thursdays and Fridays when I go into work and I have to like get ready I have to mentally prepare myself to get ready like it's not natural for me anymore yeah. to actually like wear a bra and pick out an outfit yeah like it's <laughs> no, like I'm just like I don't even know what I have like this is it's not good but anyway so you and I met for the first time how many years ago? A trillion. Gosh. Before I was even in college. I want to say it probably like 15 years ago. It was, yes. A long time ago. I met you through my cousins. Yeah. Who like knew them through their church, blah, blah, blah. Cause I always say, if you are a churchgoer in New Jersey, you are somehow like either related to or it's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever it is. Yes, yes, but it's less. It like shrinks drastically. A hundred percent. And it's like everyone knows someone who's yes. either like dated someone's brother's nephew's cousin, like for yeah. sure. It's like ridiculous. So we had one of those connections where it was like, you knew my cousin. So I knew you and your sister, yep. whatever. Then everyone you went kind to of- camp with my sister. Yes. So I'm the same exact age as your sister. You're what, two years older than me? Yes. And so I'm the same exact age as your sister. So yeah, we went to camp together and then, I don't know, I didn't see you guys for a few years. And yeah. then at, we went to the same college. Yes. And so I was taking, I tell this story to everyone. I'm like, <laughs> Kate, Kate saved me in college. My first semester of college, I was taking psych 101 and I had always been like a good student in high school, not like the smartest person ever, but like whatever, like I could study and get good yeah. grades. And on my first test, I'll never forget Dr. Friedman's yep. on my first test. I want to say I got like a C or something. And it was it, horrible. Yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I really studied for this. And like, I didn't do well on that. Like I was so upset. And my cousin Susie was like, don't you remember Kate at the time you Kate, you She's one of his TAs. Let's go to her study session. Mm -hmm. And we went and the next test, I got the highest score in the class. You helped me so much. <laughs> this class was so challenging and you it had to like learn the way to take his tests. It and hard. if you didn't, you were just like, bad. it was bad. So like we had met through my cousins. Then years later, we reconnected at school when you saved my butt in Psych 101. <laughs> and then I didn't see you for like a long time. And then, you know, I graduated college. I moved to Colorado. I lived there for four years. I moved back. My husband got a job as a campus pastor at a church here in New Jersey. And honestly, I want to say it was like my first month there or something. Mm -hmm. I like saw you from a distance and I thought like, that kind of looks like Kate Ushak, but I wasn't sure. And like, you were with like your husband who I had never met. Yeah. And I was just like, not a hundred percent sure. And I was still so new there that I was kind of like, not about to just like run up to someone and like possibly <laughs> make an idiot out of myself. You know what I mean? Like I was just like whatever. And then 
I think it was at Night to Shine, which is the huge event that they do every year, the prom for adults with special needs. And I ran into your sister in the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, Becky, you shack, like, what are you doing here? And she was like, we go here. Like me and Kate have been coming to liquid, blah, 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 whatever. So then we ended up just like reconnecting. You invited me to hang out and we like went for a walk when I was pregnant with my first. Yep. Yep. I was and pushing my first around. Yep. Pushing Kayliana in the, in the stroller. I was pregnant with Jace and it was just like, and there's history the from then. Yeah, then we like have been in a life group ever since. Yep. So literally since I guess our like I kind of joined your life group when Jace was like six months old. Yeah. And now she's four. Wow. So like we've literally been in a life group now for four. And for a, a life group is like a small group at church where we get together, yeah. or whatever. Right now we're actually like reading through the Bible, which makes us sound like spiritual giants, which we are not. I was gonna say no, no way. By any stretch of the imagination. It's like <laughs> been a struggle like literally we like leave comments to like try and keep each other accountable on like the bible app like and like yesterday my comment was like oh it really sucks that we have to start reading job tomorrow i really don't want to read it i hate this um, on today's <laughs> comment i wanted just to write ditto yeah like i'm just like ugh. so like it's definitely not like all butterflies and rainbows like no but we're doing it we're doing we it we're doing it like we're pushing through so we read the new testament first which makes no sense and now we're back to the old testament yes but, yes hey, whatever Whatever you got to do. Exactly. Uh, we we got to make some joke, but um, seriously, it'll be good. I'm excited about it. It'll be good. But so we love you guys. And okay. So hopefully that went, okay. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to air this episode, but I'm, I wonder if someone listens to it, like a year or so after it comes out, hopefully they'll like laugh at what we're about to talk about, about the COVID stuff, but uh, maybe they won't. And maybe it'll still very much be part of everyday life, which oh, would make no. me start crying right now. <laughs> but you just, okay. So you guys have been the most intense, like quarantine family. I feel like that I know, which well, clearly not. Much. Well, I exactly. So, and we'll talk about why in a minute, but even though you guys have been so, so safe, so, so good, you still just Ooh, went through yeah. COVID. COVID what came knocking. So yeah. yeah, we've been super like strict about COVID. Like we've been taking it very seriously um, for you know, both of our, my husband and I for our parents. Also, we have a son who um, has a lot of special needs and, you know, is kind of an, a, like an at-risk stage with COVID. And we decided we were going to really, just for our family, really kind of quarantine, even though like the government has lifted its quarantine status. Like we're definitely still in this. I don't know what day we're on now. It feels oh. like forever. Um, but yeah, and even with that, and even with like a really small bubble, mm -hmm. COVID hit us. And I have to say it was like by the grace of God that my older son was not with us for yeah. like a week before. And my husband all of a sudden like wasn't feeling good. He had like kind of a head cold. I was like, oh, you have a sinus infection. Yeah. Like, fine. It's okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like a sinus infection. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like, what if you have COVID? Yeah. And he's like, no, like, how would that be possible? Like, where would I get this from? And I'm like, I have no idea. And, um, cause none of our kids go to school and our families are really tight on things. And so anyway, 
But yeah, he one morning tested positive for COVID and he went into that quarantine land, which thankfully he is healthy now and he's doing great. But I have to say it was like 10 days of, oh, and there were definite moments where I was like, well, if I get COVID, like, do I get to go uh, into well, okay. room? Because like, that's, that's what I was going hundred. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm sure that when he got diagnosed, you were like horrified, like, oh my gosh, like scared of worst case scenario, whatever. Yeah. You love him. He is your husband. We get it. Yes. But did you have moments of like, I literally hate you that you are now laying in that bed for 10 days and I'm out here with the children wanting to shoot myself? Yeah, he has a bathroom all to himself, oh. bedroom. We threw a table in there. He got like food delivered to like outside his door. He was like binge watching all the Netflix shows. I, I was like, this is so wrong. So I, wrong. Seriously. And my older daughter said to me, she's like, what happens if you get it? And I was like, I Guess think I can stay out here and suffer with you all. Oh. <laughs> and that would be how it would work out. Exactly. Scott and I just traveled to see family for Christmas. And when we got back, his allergies were acting up and he was like sniffling or whatever. And he was like, oh my gosh, what if I have COVID? And I was like, that's how it started for Pedro. And I was like, listen, I just have to tell you, if you get COVID and you lock yourself in the room for two weeks and I'm out here alone with the kids, like I will leave you. Like I will never forgive you for doing this to me. Like I, I can't survive it. I seriously thought of you every single day that he was in quarantine. And obviously, yes, of course we were praying that he would like be okay and whatever. But I just mean like, I thought of you all the time, just like, she must be, there's no break. Like there, nothing. It's just you locked in your house with your kids and well, nobody can come over. Oh. Yeah. And you know, normally even in like COVID right now, like, yeah. you know, I would still run to the grocery store, totally. Target or see my parents or yep. you know, on days when I work, you know, I'm still working, but I, you know, my children are being taken care of by someone totally. else and I'm not having to make meals for yes. you know, a couple hours. And this, like that all went away. Like we couldn't yeah. see anybody. And, you know, oh. thankfully I have to say my life group, like you guys were amazing and stepped up and like encouraging and praying for us, but like sending food, which granted, like I'm home. Like I could have cooked meals. I mean, no, I did. But it's like, something. I don't even know how you would be able to just wrap your brain around. And it. that was the thing is mentally uh, to just yeah. not have to even think about food and just, oh, and no. also like he had such a crazy appetite. He was eating nonstop. Like, thank oh, God no. for like the Trey's Aziti and oh, the Grubhub no. gift cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my oh, god. Totally saved my sanity. So he's fine now though. And none of you got it. And, and that's the weird thing. Like for days before he tested positive, like that is so crazy. Nothing. We were fine. So thank well, God everybody's yes. everybody's healthy. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I don't understand this. It makes absolutely no sense. But I guess that's 2020 for you. Yeah, that is so perfect. Like 2020, it makes absolutely no sense. Like that's the tagline. Like none of it, none of it makes any sense. Like I said, like you guys were the most like safe family I knew and you guys got it. And yet only he got it, which thank goodness. But, and the worst part though, was that he had it over Christmas. So what did yes. your Christmas day look like? I'm trying to think what my Christmas day looked like. Well, Christmas Eve, my older daughter and I decided to, um, Grubhub, which thank nice. you so much. Um, a, our favorite Korean barbecue food. So we did that. We had a picnic and watch a Christmas movie. So that was like our excitement for Christmas Eve. And then Christmas day, 
I think, oh, we did gingerbread houses. My aunt dropped off like gingerbread house kits. So we did okay. that. We did Zoom. Um, but it was like kind of weird. So we just kind of pretended like Christmas didn't happen. Like we didn't change the countdown. Good. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And we just like postponed it. So we got to celebrate literally the day he came out of quarantine. And okay. It was really nice. Um, but definitely not how, I mean, I didn't expect a ton because it was 2020 and COVID, but yeah. it definitely went below my expectation. Oh, absolutely. And just to paint a picture for people, you were quarantined with your three daughters, Maritza, who's yeah. 20, she's 20? 19, 19. Kayliana, yeah. who is five, five and Adelaide, who is three. Great. Yes. Yes. So God bless. Yes. And my older daughter's super helpful. And like, she helped out a lot and took care of, you know, things and gave me like, I definitely went on a walk, Yeah, yeah. Two, but it just, yeah, it was long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. So you <laughs> mentioned at the beginning that you've been really, really careful a lot because of your son. Yep. So tell us like a little bit. Okay. So you met Pedro before, before we get into your son, let's talk yep. about when did you meet Pedro, your husband? So Pedro and I met, man, I should have like thought about like all the math in my head. Well, <laughs> okay. we don't need the so, year. Yeah. So we met at church. We were actually part of like a young adults group and, um, we've been married now for nine years. So that was 12, well, probably about 13 years ago that we had met and I had kind of known him. Actually, I knew him a little even before that because he had two children, my older son and my older daughter. And I was like their Sunday school teacher for like four and five-year-olds. Oh, and I didn't were, even know that. Yes, and they were the cutest kids. Uh, and yes, I know I'm biased, but that's okay. Um, but the cutest kids and they were so polite. Uh, and my husband would come to some of the young adults things. And even the young adults and like some of my friends would always say, you know, Pedro can come whenever he wants. His kids are like so well-behaved and they're so nice. And he just was such like an amazing father. And so I was like knew him. Yes. But it was never anything more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and then one summer I just spent more time with him. We went away with like a young adults group. Um, and I was like, all of a sudden I was like, maybe I kind of like this guy. I was like, but this guy has two kids. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like raised in the church. I was right. raised like, you know, marriage is important and it's like yes. treasured. And I just never thought, like, I'll be honest. I never thought about like being with someone who had kids and right. I, you know, like that was like the furthest thing from my mind. I was like in my early or mid twenties yeah. and yeah. And we just hung out and next thing, you know, like we joke because he's Hispanic and I'm obviously not. And like that he actually paid attention to the white girl yeah. and, um, you know, the next thing you knew, we were like wanting to spend more time together and, but I couldn't get him to ask me out on a date. And so finally we were going back and forth and I was like, is he ever going to ask me on a date? Like, is this ever going to become something? Um, so we would play online Scrabble and I said, okay, whoever wins the next online Scrabble, we play like till two or three in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, has to take the other person out for dinner. Uh, I love it. So finally, I mean, I kind of, I guess maybe spurred that on myself, but yeah, so um, we dated for like three years and then got married and yeah. So how did you feel? So at first you're like, okay, this guy has two kids, but it obviously didn't scare you off. It didn't scare me off, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah, yeah. I am not ready to be a mom. I was still in school. I was in my right. master's program and I had a lot more of school left and I was like, I can't like be, and I, you know, I'm not, 
their mom, they have a mom. And, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I can't be a mom figure. Like that's not, but I just grew to love him and I grew to love the kids. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, I was able to get like a sneak peek at like what kind of dad he would be. Totally. And yeah, like that's kind of what attracted you to him is like, was, yes. And really he cool. just like had the biggest heart for his kids. And um, yeah, it was. And then it went to like, oh, like maybe we could make this work. Totally. And, um, I have to say it works because it was God and it was like the perfect person for me. And because otherwise it, would not have worked. It totally. just, you know, were you worried about like what your parents would say, or if people would have like a comment and people did yeah, definitely yeah. people had comments and, you know, some of my family definitely had opinions. Some of my family were super accepting and open yeah, arms yeah. and loved him and looked at his kids as like, you know, their nieces and nephews or cousins, yes. or whatever it might be, or grandchildren. Um, my parents knew Pedro beforehand, so they saw him and saw his heart and saw his love for the Lord and his kids. And I remember broaching my parents and being like, so I kind of like him. And, you know, and my mom was like, well, you know, just keep bringing him around and bring the kids around. And my parents instantly became grandparents. Like before we were even like engaged, like the kids, Uh, that's just how it was. And, um, yeah, that's so awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, and I will say that is a little bit of a bonus that you got to see him as a dad before you even dated the guy, right? Yes. Because, you know, normally you meet someone and you're thinking like, oh, okay, like, am I attracted to him? Do we yeah. have fun together? Like all the basic questions, but like the idea of like, oh, is he going to be a good dad? Like, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? And like, like, do you agree on parenting styles? Like, totally. you know, there's such a gamut of like what someone's okay with and what other people, and I have to say, like, I really agreed with like the way he parented and, you know, like there were times where we would talk through things, but, um, it just kind of worked. And, you know, we were very intentional with the kids of wanting that we would all spend time together and that we would all kind of get to know each other because I knew I wasn't just dating one person. Like, you know, when you marry someone, you marry the family, right? Totally. Yes. I knew that there were two little kids here and, you know, their hearts were at stake just as much as Pedro and I's. And so we were very serious about that. Um, And so, you know, for a while it was, we really wanted to protect them. um, But then as things got more serious, like spend a lot of time with them. And um, yeah, I grew to love them from like the star, just as much as I grew to love him. So how old were they when you guys got married? Let's see. They were about nine and 10. Okay. Nine and 10 or eight and 10, somewhere around that age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but they were very excited about it to the point where PJ had like a whole way that his dad should propose to me. And he kept telling his dad like how he should propose. And um, when we got engaged and then we went back and they were with my father-in-law and we told them they started crying and they were so excited. Um, And so it just really worked. Um, That is so sweet. That gives me chills. That's so cute. That's really sweet to share that with them. So, all right. So take me through PJ, because you guys obviously have, he's 
awesome. First of all, both of them are amazing. PJ and Maritza are so cool. They're really like the nicest. Like, so when I met you, when we actually became friends, they were both teenagers and you think like, oh, teenagers, they're probably like angsty and <laughs> like want to kill all of us that we're here with our young children. And they're just like, so helpful, so nice, so sweet, so upbeat. Like I genuinely enjoy being around both of them. They're so cool. Yeah, but, um, Scott and Caitlin and their girls came over to our house and Maritza was with us the entire night. And she's like, I love them. I love hanging out with you guys. I We love her. Like, she's so cool. I love her. Who was it that said like, Maritza is like the original hipster and it's like without trying, like she's like an effortless hipster. Like she wears like the awesome glasses and like, she has like cool accessories and she's just like very cool. And oh I just God, feel I'll like, have to tell her that you said that will make her year not even her day. <laughs> she's just very cool. Like, I'm just like, okay, like you have it together. You're not trying hard. Like you're just yeah. naturally cool, which is hard to come by in a teenager. Let me tell you. But, um, all right. So tell us about PJ and like what you guys have gone through with him. Cause I know it hasn't been an easy road. Yeah. So PJ was born, um, with a lipoma tumor and a lipoma tumor is a fatty mass and people can have them or various parts of their body. My dad has one on his back and it's totally fine. Non-cancerous. Um, and the problem is, is that where PJ's is located is the issue. So mm -hmm. his is located right below his brainstem. And it's like tangled all around his spinal cord. And so when he was born, he had to have some surgeries um, because they noticed that one of his arms, like he wasn't using it properly. Um, and so they, that's when they found the tumor and they had to do what's called like a debulking, which is when they remove parts of the tumor. Okay. And so, but then he developed and he walked, he ran, he played baseball or T-ball, I should say at that <laughs> Um, and he kind of did everything. And then as he started to continue, or as he continued to grow, we noticed that things started to change. Mm -hmm. So he was frequently falling. Um, he has had several gashes in the back of his head, several uh, emergency room for staples and stitches. I'll spare you all the gory details. Uh, um, and we just noticed that a lot of his, um, kind of almost from the bottom up of his functioning was that he was losing um, mm -hmm. and he was tripping and we were like, what is going on? And we knew he had the tumor, um, mm -hmm. but we weren't expecting this kind of decline. Mm -hmm. And this was actually right around the time when we were dating. Um, okay. And I remember he had to go for another, the doctor said he needed to go for another surgery. And it was January of, I want to say 2009, mm -hmm. um, if I have my dates correct. And he went into this hospital um, walking and he came out in a wheelchair and he's been uh, in a wheelchair ever since. Um, he was able to move his wheelchair on his own um, using his hands, like um, push the wheelchair um, or I should say roll. And then eventually his upper body slowly started to weaken. And so then we had to go to a manual or a power chair with his hand. Um, and then again, the tumor just continued to take away more and more function as his body grows, grew. So it's basically like the tumor is just like strangling his spinal cord. And so he lost more and more function to the point where um, now he really only has function of his head. Um, and he doesn't even have complete function of that. So he can only turn his head a little bit. Um, he requires a BiPAP, which... Um, 
is like a breathing machine that he uses to assist him at times because his lung function is weakened because he has um, very little muscle tone in his um, upper body. Mm -hmm. So he's had many, many surgeries. We've had to go to Johns Hopkins for surgeries where he's spent, I think so far, the record is like six months in the hospital. Yeah. Maybe it was even more. Um, and he spends, um, the past two surgeries have been at Johns Hopkins in Maryland. So we were kind of like living in two places. Mm -hmm. And then he comes up here to Children's Specialized in New Brunswick and he's rehabbed there for months and that's inpatient. So um, it has been quite the roller coaster of emotions. Um, and however, he threw it all. Um, and he's one person that you should talk to. Um, he just ha is like the light of the room. He oh. is just has the biggest smile. He has the greatest sense of humor mm -hmm. that will make jokes and get you. And oh yeah, he is he, he's at, he's finishing his second year at Union County College and he's in the American Honors. He has a 4.0 and I'll just keep bragging about like all his academics, but um, he's just, he's the greatest. He's awesome. Yeah. So when he went in that first time, you didn't know he was going to come out in a wheelchair. Like did the doctors indicate like this is going to decline pretty quickly? You know, to be honest, I can't really remember what their, I don't think their prognosis was that he was going to come out in a wheelchair. I think they were really hoping that this surgery, this debulking would really kind of fix things and relieve the pressure and that he would be able, because he was in rehab after that for so long of them trying to get him to walk. And I mean, he has had so many different types of therapy, so many different types of devices trying to stimulate his nerves. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately his body just, you know, that tumor just kind of took over. Um, and so, yeah, he came out in a wheelchair and, you know, it was something that we all had to then kind of like readjust, like, what does life look like? I think what helped too is at the time, like we had hope that that wouldn't like that it would get better, that he would yep. make progress. Um, and we've had now, what has it been like over 10 years of, you know, dealing with you know, such significant decline. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has been one of the hardest things we've had to walk through, but yeah. hands down the times where I have sensed God's presence the most in our life mm. was walking through some of the hardest moments we've had to with him. So that's what I was going to ask, you know, like, so spiritually speaking, like, how does this, cause I'm sure it does. How does this whole situation impact your faith in huge ways that vary yeah um, in that when he went in for one of his surgeries um the first surgery at johns hopkins he was in surgery for over 11 hours and they were debulking as much of the tumor as they could and then another surgeon was coming in and placing rods in his back um on his spinal cord because his um, spinal cord was deteriorating and couldn't keep his body um, or maintain his posture. So when he was in there, he was put on a breathing machine. And we were told when we met with the doctors beforehand, we were told, be aware, his lungs may be so weak that when he goes on this breathing machine, he may not come off of it. Ever? Ever. Ugh. And we had to sit there. And that was one of the hardest decisions that... Um, his dad and his mom and I 
had to make. Um, yeah. And his mom and I are very close. We, um, his mom is wonderful. She fully embraces me as like a part of the family. Um, awesome. And he looks, she looks at it as anyone who is there to love her son, the more, the better. Um, and I have stories that I could tell about that, but um, so we had to face like, what do we do? Do we put him through this surgery um, or do we not? But if we didn't put him through the surgery, we didn't know what would happen. Um, and his body was like collapsing in on itself. So it was a really hard decision and we just had to really trust in the Lord. And I remember praying and knowing and God telling me that, and um, there's a verse actually in Genesis that when God breathed his life into Adam, that God would never take his breath away. Mm. And it was, um, it was one of the promises that I have clung to and even cling to, to this day, um, because so he went through the surgery and the surgery was really, you know, successful in that they got as much of the tumor out, they put the rods in, um, but he was put on a vent and, um, a ventilator and, um, he couldn't get off of it. Ugh. And we spent 14 days in the PICU at, um, Johns Hopkins fighting for him to not be, um, trait and have to have a, um, tracheotomy. Mm. So that's when they cut a hole in his neck and they yeah. would have to put a permanent breathing tube in, but it can severely impact your eating, your voice. Um, and that's all he has, all he yeah. has is his voice. Um, and so we would sit there every day and wait for the doctors to round and they would tell us just more and more bad news. His lungs have collapsed further that they don't know if his diaphragm is working. Um, and him go having to go for test after test um, and he developed ICU psychosis, which is where you can't tell like day and night in the uh -huh. ICU, um, because of just like all the stuff that's going on around him. And it, it was very dark. And it was, um, I remember my husband and I, his mom was staying with him at the hospital. My husband and I were at a hotel and we were waiting and my husband woke up in the middle of the night. I can remember this vividly. And he was ghost white. He's like, we have to pray right now because uh -huh. PJ can't breathe. Oh. And so we just immediately, and I could feel, I tend to be, so um, in my family, I'm not one of the more like spiritual people. Like I don't feel the spirit as much, yeah, yeah. but in that moment, like I could feel like the struggle over his life and over his breath. And I was like, God has promised us. He will not take his breath from him, that God will always breathe life in him. And so we just like, prayed and like ward in the heavens, like for hours that night and ran to the hospital as soon as, you know, we woke up in the morning and, you know, thankfully he was able to catch his breath on the vent and they didn't have to, you know, go more drastic with things. And, um, the doctor said, you have two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, we will have to do this. We'll have to trach him because he can't be on this machine for so long. And we said, you have to try, you have to try. And so on the 14th day, they said, okay, we'll try. And I remember just praying and putting worship music on about like God, just breathing life on him. Mm -hmm. And, um, every day he just got a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And the doctors were like, what is going on? Like, we don't understand this, wow. like it's going this way. And I mean, he had to have so much, um, done, but 
I have to say like, praise God, like he didn't ever have to be traked. And, you know, yeah. now he does have a BiPAP that he uses when he needs an extra breath and it gives him that support, but he has his voice and he has his own breath. And um, there's just, God was with us in such a powerful way and he's never left us. Mm-hmm. But there are hard times when we're like, God, we know you can heal. We know, yeah. we believe it. We have faith. Like yep. we know that signs and wonders occur and that you yeah. have the power to do this. But for some reason, you know, your answer right now mm-hmm. is either a no or we're waiting. Yeah. And, you know, we wait in anticipation of he's either getting healed this side of heaven or that right. side of heaven. And we will see him walk. Yeah. Yeah. What's PJ's, you know, journey with that? Like he's, he's a really upbeat, funny, happy, cool kid, but there's no way that every day is like that for him. And you know, over the last decade, there's no way he's been jolly the whole time. I mean, what has his kind of, and, you know, I don't want you to speak for him more than, you know, you feel comfortable, but just kind of like what I'm, I'm assuming he's had ups and downs. Yeah. So he definitely has had ups and downs. Um, but there's, you know, he just, the Lord has given him such a, like a grace and an understanding and he, he gets angry like any person does. And he gets frustrated. His body gets racked with spasms that literally convulse and make it hard for him to breathe down his body. And he gets frustrated with it. And, um, but he just, he just has this sense of joy that is really contagious and keeps us going and keeps us in perspective of like, it's hard to have a bad day around here because, um, you know, he, he gets up every day and he pushes Mm -hmm. through and totally. Yeah. But, you know, there have been tough times where, you know, he is frustrated because he, you know, can't do the things that most can. Um, and, you know, he does kind of walk with that every day, but the Lord sustains. So we're just thankful for that. Mm. Now, how do you explain it to your daughters? Cause you know, obviously Maritza is like almost the same age as him, just slightly younger. She lived through the whole experience, which I'm sure is a trauma in and of itself that she was so young watching that whole thing. And then you also have little girls, you know, a five-year-old and a three-year-old who have only known PJ in a wheelchair. And so how do you kind of explain that to them or do you not need to, you know, cause it is interesting for me to think about them. Cause you know, my husband was raised with an older sister who was, had severe, severe cerebral palsy. She never walked wheelchair, the same thing. And he, it's interesting to hear his perspective on that. You know what I mean? That it raised him to be so sensitive, like to, to people who have you know, unique difficulties. And he's very aware, I feel like of like different people's like needs. And he doesn't feel awkward around people that, you know, maybe like have a limp or are deaf or what, you know what I mean? Like he just kind of is like comfortable around it because like he didn't know anything different when he was growing up. And I've always thought that about your girls, how they're going to grow up to be like, the most sensitive, aware adults, I feel like, because like they grew up with an older brother with these difficulties that PJ has, you know? 
Well, I hope they do. Um, I have to say like with Maritza, like she definitely has like a very different perspective on life. And when you were talking about her being like, she's just not a drama person. She's just very like, and I think a lot of this is what has kind of fed, like fostered that in her of like reality and like what the real world is like and like accepting people kind of for who they are and looking past like the physical. Totally. Um, and, you know, for my younger girls, I think they would kind of say like, well, doesn't everybody have a brother who's like in a wheelchair? Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the norm, you know, it's the yeah. norm that we live in a ranch and it's the norm yeah. that, you know, we have a ramp for him to get in the house. Um, yeah. And I remember we were somewhere with my, um, my, I guess would be second daughter. Um, I was counting in my head and she <laughs> was like, she saw a kid out there and um, he was in a wheelchair, just oh. my sons. And I have to say one of the things like so many people, and I, I understand like it's, uh, you know, my son controls his wheelchair with his head. Like he has this yes. really cool device because he can't yes. use his arm. And so it's a lot to look at. Like when he comes rolling through. Totally. Like we're definitely like a party. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, so, you know, a lot of people stare and um, sometimes it bothers me a little bit for yeah. him. But um, when my daughter was looking at this young boy and, you know, normally it's like second nature and I was and she's like mommy he has the same cool wheelchair as brother does <laughs> and I was like yes he does yeah 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 um, so but for my girls you know it is just kind of like the norm of life and it's that you know very much in our family that we help each other out and yeah. that you know my daughter today was you know she's five years old climbing up on his wheelchair to give him his medicine yep. and to like fix things for him that he needed fixed and yeah you know, plugging in his computer. And, you know, if your brother calls, you go running like that is over mom and dad, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just the idea that, you know, we in this family help each other out when it may not be there. Like if you make a mess and your older sister is going to come help you clean it up, just like sometimes brother, we have to help feed him. We have to put the dishes away, you know? So, they love Christmas because they get to unwrap all of his presents. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget one time we were with you guys and, um, I just heard him quietly be like, Hey, Kayliana, can you, um, I, I don't know. It was something like something was on his face or whatever. Yeah. And like, I watched her, you know, this little five-year-old girl, she like grabbed a towel, like put some water on it, wiped his face, like was so sweet and attentive. And like, she looked like she was 25. Do you know what I mean? Like in that moment, like she was just like, oh yeah, like I got it. Like I'll, of course I'm going to help my brother. And I just thought like, gosh, like that's like beautiful. But I mean, you guys, his wheelchair is like a jungle gym. So well, get perks out of it. (laughs) It really is like the coolest thing ever. Cause he controls it. Like he, so he doesn't use his hands or anything like that, but he can move himself around. Yeah. He uses his breath to kind of tell it to go and he uses his head. Like it's kind of like these two, like almost look like earmuffs. And so frequently it's, they get to ride on it. Like, yeah. And it does really cool things. So they think it's really fun. (laughs) That's legit. (laughs) I mean, look, you guys are an inspiration to so many people. I know that. I mean, just your positive attitude. You guys are such a great family, how much you love each other and help each other and just how awesome all your kids are. And, um, I mean, we love PJ and we love you guys. What do you say to people who say things like, Oh, you know what? I know God's going to heal him. He's going to walk. God's going to heal him. You know, tomorrow he's going to stand up and walk. What do you, how do you feel about that? 
So that's a hard one. And to be honest, I've gone to the point where, cause I used to challenge it more yeah. um, because we've been places where at prayer meetings, people are coming over to him and telling him to get up and walk out of the wheelchair. And yeah, yeah. it's very uncomfortable because my mama bear, that's what my kids call me. My yeah. kids call me my mo- the mom bear. And it comes out and I'm like, yeah, it's my, I know that God can heal him. I know totally. that he has the power too, but I know it's in God's timing. And yeah. his timing is not always a yes. His mm-hmm. timing can be wait and it can be no. And that's something I'm learning through our walk through um, the Bible together in a life group. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is that I just say amen to it, that yes, yeah. God can heal him. And totally. you know what? It may be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know God's plan. Um, but so I used to challenge a little bit more because it would discourage my son because yeah. here's people and he's confused. He's well, I know God can heal me and people are saying God can heal me, Yeah, but I'm still here. But mm-hmm. we also believe very much that God has healed him in ways that God gave him his, that breath and that yeah. life. he didn't have to be traked and that, you know, he does have control over his head to the point that he does. And, yeah. you know, there's so many things that God has had. And with my husband getting COVID, you know, because, yes. you know, my son was at his mom's house and yeah. wasn't with us. And that was God's hand and what's totally. God's faithfulness because, you know, the timing just worked out, you know, in his way. And the other thing my husband and I walked through a lot was we had to give our son over to God because mm. he's not ours. And you know, when they do the dedication and you yeah. walk to the altar and you're like, yes, our, you know, our child is like totally. words and like, we're just like here to like shepherd them and take care of them. And like, it smacked us in the face. Yeah. And it was like, you really believe that? Like, right. is that really something? Because he's mine more yeah, than yeah, he's yeah. yours. And it was, it was hard for us. And my husband had a very like, kind of like Abraham Isaac moment of like putting him on the altar and saying, God, yeah. he's yours. Like use oh. his life and do with him what you will. Yeah. And um, I'm totally not answering your question, but um, that oh, you are. is definitely something that we say to people is that we don't know what yeah. God's plan is, but yeah. God has a plan. And I'm, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and question it. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's really cool that um, we don't have to wait for, you know, things to work out the way we think that they should work out for God to move. You know what I mean? Like God's hand is clearly all over PJ's story as it is. And he can use him exactly as he is. You know what I mean? And like, it's so much bigger than we can imagine. Um, Right. Because we could be just waiting and waiting for this healing. And we are, we're anticipating that. But if I just lived and waiting for that, I would miss all of the amazing things that have come and all of the families that we've met from staying in the hospital, totally. the love that they've poured in and spoken to us and the love that we poured in and spoken to others. And, you know, just the people that he's come into contact with mm-hmm. and who, you know, say kind of similar things of you that, you know, yeah. you can't know him and not think differently or not be kind totally. of changed in some way. And yeah. if I, I know, and I hold on to the power that God has in healing, mm-hmm. but I have to also recognize all these other things. Then that's why God's plan and his will is so much bigger and greater than ours. Yeah. Um, not to say that I don't have discouraging days, but oh, of course, of course, you know, holding on to that, that, that is like, we're not living for here or for now. Like mm-hmm. we're living for eternity and that's where he will spend the rest of his life without pain and walking. Totally. And I can't wait to see him walk. Yeah. Ugh. 
That's beautiful. I love that. Oh man. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, that was heavy. Yeah, for sure. Are you like exhausted? You know, whenever I talk about this, it is, but it's also like in its own way, like therapeutic of like, you know, he, there's a reason like he is the way he is. And, you know, I just love getting to talk about him because he's such a joy to my life. And so, and I love getting to talk with you anytime. Yes, of course. Well, let's like, I don't know, end on like a lighter note. Yeah. Do you and Pedro do Christmas gifts or no? Do you guys not do gifts for each oh, other? That's so interesting. So we normally always do Christmas gifts, but we decided this past year that we weren't going to do Christmas gifts because we were like COVID and everything. Yeah, and it yeah. was so hard for my husband. He kept being like, so are you like not getting me something, but like really getting me something? <laughs> Is this one of those fake out <laughs> moments where then I'm going to exactly. look bad? And that like a package would come from Amazon that like I wouldn't know, but I'd be like, you better not have gotten me. That better not be for me. Exactly. But totally. yeah, so normally we do Christmas presents. And I have to say, I have some favorites that he's gotten me. But, um, you know, it's good. He's done. I remember last year you were wearing those like athleta pants or something at church one time. And we were all like, oh, those are really cute. And you're like, Pedro got them for you for Christmas. And we were like, no. Yes. Like your husband walked into athleta and <laughs> purchased a pair of pants. Like Scott has definitely gotten me some like really nice shoes and like purses and things like that. But like, I can't fathom him buying me like a pair of pants. Yes. Like, I feel like he would be like, I have no idea. Yes. Like, if anyone knows my husband, which I know you do, like he's very into wanting to kind of like look nice, but he's very attentive to like what yeah. I like and which is great. But I have to say, hands down, my favorite Christmas present that he has ever gotten me in our however many years has been my Dyson cordless vacuum which is so sad because that's literally <laughs> what I was just going to talk about this it's so sad that this is what life becomes about like when you're married with children you have a house all of a sudden like all you care about are these like yeah stupid home appliances but it's not sad like it sounds sad but like it makes me so happy yep it is literally and he will say like, there's no shame. Like that is my hands down favorite Christmas present he has ever gotten me. And the next year he followed up with the athletic pants and a steam mop. And I couldn't have been happier. Oh, a steam mop. I mean, look, the Dyson cordless vacuum, nothing on this earth compares to it. Nothing. Nope. Mine. Nope. I don't even know if I can talk about it. I feel so upset about it. So mine like stopped working once we mm-hmm. moved a few months ago. And so of course I'm like trying to troubleshoot. So I like go on the Dyson thing, the warranty's out. So I'm like, ugh. they say, you know, clean the filter in a certain way. I did that. It started working again. Then it went out again. So it's like, ugh, clean the filter again. Didn't work. It needs a new battery. We bought a new battery that still didn't fix it. So we're like, Scott and I are like literally like in talks now about like, what are we going to do about it? Like, are we going to buy a new one? Are we going to buy a refurbished one? Should we just get like a cheapy something like from Walmart and just wait because for Christmas though, for me this year, my gift, well, Scott and I like half gifted it to each other. And then half of it was from my parents. I sent you a Marco Polo of it today. I know. Uh, Life-changing. Oh, that's how that's sad is it though, that we're both saying that our favorite thing is a vacuum, but whatever. It, I listen, own it. it's, it's the best thing ever. And I have to say that Roomba, I want to hear how it is in like a week or two, because I think that may have to be my next like splurge. Like that might be what I asked for my birthday. Literally like your birthday's on Saturday, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then yes, you better. They might be having a new year's sale. 
who knows? But you I think we have a dog right? and I have four kids. Like it should just Absolutely. come with the territory. A hundred percent. I think I love it more than my children. <gasps> like I literally am just like, okay. I rarely have it do the entire house because when or is it like going to be a convenient time to do the entire house where like someone's not napping yeah. or like- yep there's not like junk on the girls floors or whatever, but I've figured out like good times. So like, for example, this morning, like me and the girls were playing in the playroom and I, I can literally just take my phone. I go on the Roomba app. I clicked kitchen and dining room and it went in there and cleaned up all the Play-Doh and breakfast crumbs and whatever. And then it goes back to its little house and you did nothing. And I did nothing. And then I was like laying them down for naps. And as I'm doing it, I was just like, oh, you know, like I'm just going to have it vacuum the living room really quick. And so by the time I'm done putting them down for naps, the vacuuming's done. That a is dream. A million dollars worth. Oh my gosh. Like a dream. Oh. And so like, it's great for your house. You have a ranch. It's good for my house. One yep. level. And then we, we can carry it to the basement and it'll do the basement. But like, if you have a house, like my sister-in-law was asking me about it, but she has like step downs. Like her kitchen is like one step above her living room or whatever. And I'm like, probably not ideal. Cause then it'll, that won't work. But if you have like a flat home, yep, please do yourself a favor, <laughs> get the Dyson, get yes. a Roomba, do this for yourself. <laughs> Sell a kidney if you have to, whatever, whatever vacuums. Sell Not a kid. It's yes. fine. Like, oh, make your kids go work and use the money to buy. Seriously, money. take their take their earnings because yes. life changing. Because I genuinely feel anger when I see all the crumbs on the floor after every meal. I always ask myself, I don't actually know how my children ever have gained any weight in their whole lives because certainly none of the food is getting into their mouth. Like, I how is so much of it on the floor? It's all on the floor. I don't understand. Does having it, because we don't have a dog. You guys have a dog. Does that help at all? Okay, so this is the thing. I have a dog, but I want a rebate on the dog or return on the dog. Now, granted, uh, it's not because he's the best dog ever, but he does not eat uh, any food that falls like on the, the floor. thing about having a dog. Uh, I know. I'm like, why don't you eat the food? Like, that's why I have you is I don't. Uh, that's frustrating. Yes. And so I deal with food that he doesn't eat and the dog hair. So like Roombas. Uh, in you just need all of the vacuuming devices. Yep. All of them for you. Forget yeah. about, it's like, don't give me a necklace. It's no. fine. No, no more athletic pants. Just give yeah. me the We're fine. We're not leaving the house anyway. So <laughs> look, we I don't need, need anything to look pretty where this is like, <laughs> we're on the dregs here. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Yeah. Ugh. Just buy yourself vacuums. It'll be all good. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's, it's the sad reality. What are you going to do? Yep. Well, this has been lovely. I mean, I love talking to you all the time. I mean, I talk to you what? Several times a week on Marco Polo. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening to this and you don't have Marco Polo, you're not living. It's just so great. Cause you see, I feel like it makes you so close because you just see your friends in like their natural habitat. Like I'll Marco Polo you when it's like, 7 a.m. And I'm like, hey, and I'll literally see my face on the camera as I turn it on. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Well, when you were talking earlier about seeing yourself, it's definitely Marco Polo. When I get on Marco Polo, uh, I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm always seeing like, and fixing like every no time I'm like, oh, and I, I always feel the need to apologize, which I know that's like such a stupid thing that women do. But I'm always like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I look like this, like as if you're actually offended. Uh -huh. but I'm always like, 
oh man, but it makes you close. Cause then it's like, you're talking and your kids are screaming in the background and you're like, hold on. I got to go like, yep. Throw someone in timeout. I'll be back. Yes. And it's like, you, you just get, get to sleep. walk through. Yeah. Just walk through your days with your friends you should have for your podcast. You should have commercials for vacuums and Marco Polo. Uh, you know what? Because the, I'm the biggest fan. Biggest. Seriously. Biggest yep. fan. I'm such a Marco Polo pusher. People used to get annoyed at me uh, because I would be such a Marco Polo pusher, but then they thank me later because it's so yeah. great, especially in times of COVID. Yes. Hello. It's like, we're not seeing people. So you might as well see them on video. Exactly. You're the reason I got it and love it. It's fantastic. It is the best. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you love it because yeah. I would be annoyed if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> exactly. It would be over. Uh, well, I love you. We will definitely have to have you back. Cause there's definitely other things that I would love to pick your brain about, but I appreciate just like you sharing with us being so open and honest. And just, I know you're going to encourage so many people when they hear your story. So we Thank love you. you. It was a pleasure. Love you too. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like, and subscribe right now before you go. And Hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for our next episode. You can catch So What Else anywhere you get your podcasts or at CaitlinElliott.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Artwork by Caroline Chicola and editing and everything else by Scott Elliott. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.